verse 16, Galatians chapter 5. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against, against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary, the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. But if ye be led of the Spirit, ye are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. Of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ's have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another, envying one another. And so as we have uh, taken several weeks uh, break, we took the first Wednesday night of March, and then last Wednesday night, Brother Brad Lowry were here, uh, or was here. Uh, so we've taken uh, several several weeks. We've kind of given you a break during that, taken a break myself. Uh, but now as we've read the entirety of this portion of Scripture we come to um, the fruit of the Spirit. And again, it says love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness. But we come to a very familiar word here, and it is the word faith. Now, in studying this, I've had the absolute toughest time with this particular word. If you have a Schofield Bible, it's got a little note there, and you look somewhere. It's so small I can't even see them anymore. But you look somewhere right about the middle of the page, you'll see that he references the word faithfulness. And in my spirit, I could not agree with Mr. Schofield. Now, you, you, may, you may disagree with my disagreements, and, and that's okay. I'll, I'll, I'll give it to you tonight. So I started picking up some books, and I started looking at William Barclay, and, and I pulled up the Strong's Concordance, and I looked at, uh, goodness, uh, I've been mentioning Fred Russell, um, C.I. Schofield's got a small book on this, uh, Oliver B. Green, different books, and um, pretty much the majority of them says that it's faithfulness. But again, I just don't feel comfortable with that word being attributed to this particular passage of Scripture. And I'll give you the reason why here in just a moment. But if it is true, as we've taught over the last seven parts, we come now to part number eight, and we're dealing with faith, and, and it is faith unwavering. If we deal with this, each word is manifested in us by the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost, then faith also must come from the Holy Spirit. Now, I'll not argue with you. I fully believe that faith brings about faithfulness. If by chance that everybody else is right and I'm wrong, which is highly likely, 
and this word is faithfulness, then guess what? Faithfulness brings about faith. They can be twin sisters if you'd like. But in my heart today, I've tried to talk to to different men and they're bigger in the ministry than I am and they've never contacted me back. They've read my messages, but they never contact me back. And I said, whoo, what a blessing. Hallelujah. I know where I stand. I'm way down here on the totem pole or wherever you're supposed to be on the totem pole to be at the bottom. I talked to several others and some of them sent me some things back that kind of went one way and then the next text would be going the other way. No, it's faithfulness. No, it's faith. It's So I just kind of chunked it all and for about two and a half days just prayed about it. And uh, tonight is the result of that. And so if I can give you this, I'm going to try to give it to you and I'll let you go and go into the house. But just a last point of introduction is this scripture that we've read, the fruit of the Spirit, I've heard it all my life, that it is categorized as in three different ways. It's categorized in the, the Godward or the upward, the manward or the outward or the selfward or the inward. Okay, let me, let me tell you what I mean by this. What they do is they say that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, and peace. Uh, that is towards God. Then they say, um, where we at? Long suffering, gentleness, and goodness. That is towards man. And then faith, meekness, and temperance. That is towards uh, themselves. And, and again, I'm disagreeing with the majority here, but I just can't hardly get on that page with everybody. And uh, I'll say more about that particular categorization at the very close of the message tonight. But number one, I want us to notice faith as it's explained by the majority. I know we're kind of quiet tonight, but is everybody with me? Just give me a quick amen. Faith as explained by the majority, I told you that, that I am going kind of against the grain, and it is not something that I was prepared to do. I was prepared, Miss Abby, to, to look at this and say, all right, we're going on, we're, we're moving on with this thing, but... But as soon as I began to read it, and and again, I have a Schofield Bible, and and I looked, and he's got a, a, a letter P, so I looked it up, and boom, faithfulness. No, it just didn't sit well. So I started looking at different uh, different commentaries, different dictionaries, and faithfulness, 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 right after the other. And so most commenters or commentators, however you want to say it, are are saying that this word is faithful. The fruit of the Spirit is faithful or faithfulness. William Barclay said that it is the characteristic of the man who is trustworthy. In other words, he says that that with love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, you become trustworthy. Okay? Warren Wearsby said that it declares one to be dependable. Okay? The Strong's Concordance, James Strong's, he says, uh, it, it, it seems to include, it, it seems to include this as far as being faithful in his own commentary. 
Bob Sanders, who, who has been, he has been a tremendous help in his book on Galatians. It says, or he said, the person who believes in God will exhibit a life of faithfulness to God. So each of these has, has kind of doubled down on this word faith in your King James Bible as being faithful or faithfulness. One reason I struggle so much with it is because the word clearly, if you've got a King James Bible, says faith. I believe if God meant it to be faithful or faithfulness, then that's how it would have been translated. And so I realize that throughout this, I've given you different definitions of these things. And, and all the while, I've tried to stay true to this Bible. Uh, and it's no different tonight. So I cannot I cannot say what uh, I'm trying to remember, I believe it was, um, uh, who was it, um, William Barclay, he, he, he said something, the, a more favorable translation would have been faithfulness. Well, at that moment, he ticked me off and I closed his book and I put it to the side. Because when you begin to correct the King James Bible, uh, you're going down a, a, sleep, a steep, slippery slope. So, faith is explained by the majority as being faithful or it is the fruit of the Spirit as becoming faithful and having the qualities of faithfulness. Okay? Now remember, number two, I want us to look at faith explained in modern terms. I'm going to try to go quickly through this. Faith explained in modern terms. It is defined as, we're we're talking about faith, not faithfulness or faithful. Faith is defined as the confidence that God keeps His promise. You did it right, Brother Lee. Amen. Faith is explained as confidence that does not question God. Faith is explained as confidence that believes in God's existence. Fred Russell said this, It is being steadfast in the conviction that God does exist and is the creator and ruler of all things. One of Strong's definitions was, The conviction of the truth of anything or belief. So I go back to this word and the difference that it has brought up. I have always believed that when it says goodness or gentleness, goodness and faith, I've always accepted that as belief. Uh, I'm kind of going a little ahead of myself. But the, the, the two scriptures that have always coincided with this particular passage for me is Ephesians chapter number 2, verse number 8 and verse number 9, for by grace are you saved through faith. As I began to plead my case to some of these preachers that I've been talking to, I said, I firmly believe that in and of ourselves as an individual, I don't believe that we have faith. If we are to believe that God gives us love and God gives us joy 
and God gives us peace and so on and so forth, then it must be true, too, that God gives us faith. And so if we if we believe that and we go to Ephesians chapter number two, for by grace are you saved through faith, then we have to believe if we're going to be saved, God's going to have to give us faith. God's going to have to instill in us the faith to believe that he is and that he is the creator of all things. As we look at this particular passage I want us to notice number three tonight, and I only have three points. Somebody say, man, we're moving along, ain't we? Number three, faith as explained by God's Word. We're going to be turning here in just a few minutes. But I want us to notice faith explained in God's Word within the text. I mentioned to you just a moment ago that each of the previous words in this study have been found to be provided to us by God. God's given us every one of these things. We had not the love of God in our hearts, but yet it is a fruit of the Spirit. Guess where that came from? The Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit. It's a proof of the Spirit. One preacher said the proof of the fruit is in the root. So if you are rooted in Christ then the fruit that you produce comes from Him. need about three people to say amen right there. So if we are to believe, and, and we are to believe that it is true, and it is, then every single one of these particular manifestations of the fruit of the Spirit is given to us by God. And it is a quality, it is something that cannot be manufactured of ourselves. There's a, a family singing group, and, and, and they write a lot of their songs. And one of the songs is Manufactured Smiles. Manufactured Smiles. Maybe you remember the time before you got saved. Maybe you were a church member. And you had to manufacture, manufacture a smile every time you went to church. Preacher said, good morning, ain't it good to be saved? You smiled and, and just went about your day. When somebody began to speak spiritually to you, you smiled and you, you manufactured a smile. You tried to do that. Maybe outside of the spiritual side of things, you've, you've been broken inside and you're hurting inside, but maybe the surroundings, it, it declares that you need to be happy. You need to smile. So what do you do? You, you reach down into yourself and you manufacture a smile. You don't feel like smiling. You don't want to smile, but you smile. Well, the love of God, the joy, the peace, the the goodness, the long-suffering, the gentleness, none of those things can be manufactured within ourselves. You may have love, but it's not the love of God. There's a lot of folks today, maybe that you know or in your family, they love one another as family. They may love you as a friend, but they do not have a relationship with Christ. And so they cannot have a the love of God in them until it's shown and developed within them. So, too, it is true about faith. He says the fruit of the Spirit is faith. Elsewhere in the Bible, we look at this. Hebrews chapter number 11. You knew this was coming. Hebrews 11 verse 1. Matter of fact, we'll read the first three verses. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. For 
by it or by faith, the elders received a good report through Faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Faith is not something really that can be described. I mean, you, you, let's just be real tonight. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. That's hard to figure out. I've tried in my feeble ways to, to describe it. I'm not going to waste your time tonight, but, but it is, it is very difficult to explain. But if we are to define this according to scripture, this little word faith, according to this verse, is not speaking of faithfulness. It is speaking of the belief. Of faith. It is speaking of, as I mentioned earlier, the confidence in God. That's what this faith is. Second Corinthians chapter number five, verse number seven. For we walk by, somebody help me, faith, not by sight. As a Christian, we walk in places that the world doesn't have to walk. Now, I'm not saying that, that a lost person couldn't come in here and run around the pulpit. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that, that uh, uh, Brother Stanley, I'm not saying that we couldn't go down to, Van- a lost person couldn't go down to Vanessa Drive and walk into your house. They could. That's not what I'm talking about. Spiritually speaking, though, a saved man or a saved woman, they're going to walk in places spiritually that a lost person would not. And in that, they're going to have to have faith, not faithfulness. Now, don't misunderstand me, Brother Jim. Faithfulness is a result of faith. When you put the ring on Miss Kim, how many ever years ago it was, you had faith that she loved only you. And as such, you have remained faithful to her. Y'all picking up what I'm putting down this morning, this evening? Faithfulness. Is a result of faith. So, he says that faith, where we walk by faith, not by sight. A Christian is going to walk in spiritual places that it does not make sense to walk. The psalmist wrote, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. A lost man is going to see that valley, the shadow of death, and he's going to find another way. But see, by, by faith, where we are going is where we are led. Y'all think on that for a moment. Uh, Brother Shane Ezel, this, this has nothing to do with the message, but Brother Shane Ezel said this about troubles. He said probably everybody in the house is going through troubles, going through trials, you're carrying a burden. And he was reading in Job. And then he went over to the book of Mark. You need to listen to it. Boy, good God. Telling you what's the truth. I wish I could preach it, but I just, I couldn't. He was talking about all the loss that Job experienced, but he went back over to where God gave Satan permission to take the things of Job. He went to the place where God gave Satan permission to touch the body of Job. And he said the reason that God did that, Hunter, is because he knew that Job could handle it. 
Because you see at the end of chapter number 1 that he worshipped. Verse number 22, in all this, Job sinned not nor charged God foolishly. In chapter number 2, I don't remember which verse, but it's talked about in this, he sinned not with his lips. And he said this. He said, some of you are going through a burden and it's heavier than you ever thought because someone else couldn't bear it. Think about that. The reason some of us are under burdens tonight is because of our neighbor. They may not be strong enough to bear that burden. And so what we do, Brother Terry, what do we do? We, it's human nature. This is heavy. This is hot. This is, this is burdensome. We try to take it off. No, I mean, just being honest, we try to take it off. But God's put us on. Put it on. So as we walk by faith and not by sight, Brother Kurt, it, 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 it's not what we see that directs our path. Who directs our path? We've never seen. He's, he's never physically touched us. We've never audibly heard His voice. But by faith. You with me, Mr. Wood? Me and you are going to have church tonight. Everybody else is quiet. Me and you. You're the closest to us. Me and you. Hebrews chapter number 11. If you've got your Bibles, you, you can look at it. I'm not going to read all these verses, but Hebrews chapter number 11. Verse number, we, we just read verse number 1, 2, and 3, but verse number 4 starts, By faith, Abel. Verse number five says, by faith, Enoch or Enoch. Verse number six, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Every single one of these words is defined by, by, or is translated from one Greek word. It's pistis. And it means belief. There's, there's one, I guess maybe one letter difference between belief and faithfulness. And it is pistos. You're so close, Brother Samuel. But so far apart. By faith, Abel, Enoch. Abraham, Rahab. Go down through chapter number 11 of Hebrews and see what faith had to do with it. James chapter number 4, verse number 20. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? In chapter number 4, we read, I'll just go ahead and turn over there. We read that uh, James is writing and he says that the devils believe also and tremble. I think I said chapter 4. I don't remember what I said. It's not chapter 4, it's chapter 2. Verse 19. Thou believest that there is one God. James said, I do as well. He said the devil believe. Devils also believe and tremble. So there we go. He's talking about faith in verse number 20. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? He just defined this faith in verse number 20 in verse number 19. He says you believe. So faith tonight 
is belief. What is it? This is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Guess what it believes in? God. Everything that the Holy Spirit does points to God. If you read over there in chapter number 2, verse number 26. You could could read down to verse number 26. But it says, verse 22, Seest thou how faith wrought with his works, and by works was faith made perfect? Again, pistis. Faith, belief. I say that to go back to verse number 20. That faith without works is dead. Guess what you're going to do when you believe in something? You're going to work at it. You find somebody that doesn't have the vision. I've seen this in churches. I've seen this in businesses. If you if you hire someone, if you have someone on the payroll, and they don't believe in what you do, and guess what they're not going to do? They're not going to work. But if you get somebody that has the same vision as the boss man, they're going to work just as hard as the boss man. And the Scripture says that if you're going to have faith, guess what you're also going to have? You're going to have works. There's a lot of folks that are working for salvation, but they have no belief. What they have is they have belief in their works. I don't believe in my works. I believe, therefore I work. The things that I do with my hands, the things that I do with my body, things that I do with my voice, my time, or any talents that I have, I give those to God, not because I'm wanting a pat on the back, but rather because He deserves everything, because He is the source of everything. Ephesians chapter number 2, verse number 8 and 9, I've already read uh, part of chapter verse number 8. For by grace are you saved through, here we go, faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. He says, not of works. Now, James just talked about work. Paul now, he's talking about works. He says that, that, that by grace are you saved through faith. It's not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. But I have to say this, that we need to be very careful that we do not judge or compare James and Paul's writings. They do not contradict one another, but rather they build upon and bolster one another's words. James says that you are saved, you you, you believe, so you're going to have works. Paul says that salvation is by grace through faith, and it, salvation, is not of works. In other words, you cannot work for it. Otherwise, a man, any man, could boast. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. For He is faithful. Uh-oh. That promise. You got the, you got the diametrically opposed words right here. Faith and faithful. And guess what? They're two different words. Uh-oh. Old country bumpkin from Florida. He ain't, he ain't too dumb now, is he? You got two different words here. He said, look, look at it again. 
Hold fast the profession of our faith, of our belief, of our confidence in God. Hold fast that profession. Listen to this. For He is faithful that promised. He's talking about Christ. Christ is faithful to you and I. Yes, when we have faith, when we have belief in God, we will be faithful to Him. Another proof. Two different words here. Look, look with me. James chapter 1, verse number 6. Probably should have wrote down verse number 5 too, but it says in verse number 6, But let him ask in faith nothing wavering. Let, 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 let's, let's just put it on trial here. Does it even make sense to say, let him ask in faithfulness? Not in my pee-picking brain. But let him ask in belief. You want to know why our little kids, they come to us and they say, Mama, can I have a sucker? Daddy, can I have this? Can I have that? It's because they believe that we're able to supply it. When we go to God and we ask God, will you help me with this burden? God, will you help me with this need? God, I've got a friend that's lost and they need to be saved. God, help this person. God, do this. God, I just love... You know what we're doing? We're going to God that we cannot see. We're going to God that we cannot feel. We're going to God that we cannot hear. But we are going to God believing that He is. (laughs) We're going to God believing that He can hear us. And we're going to God believing that He can answer our little measly prayers. <laughs> oh, tonight, <laughs> He says the fruit of the Spirit is faith. It is belief. He says, but let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. Braylon, uh, she showed me a picture of, of these People that in Tennessee, I don't remember the names, honey, I'd, I'd say it, but I think they were in Pigeon Forge on that, that bungee machine. Is that right? Were they in Pigeon Forge? <clears throat> now, I'll just go ahead and tell you, I ain't getting on no bungee, nothing. Okay? But they were in this, this two-seater thing and had a camera up here and they were, they were back and, and they had to depend on somebody else. And the husband, he had faith. He had faith. The wife had faith. She was ready for it. The man said, are you ready? He says, yes. And he said, you want me to count to three? And he said, yes. Believing that this man would count to three. And the man did not count to three. He just pulled the trigger and up in the stratosphere they went. You know what happened to that man? He quickly lost his faith. He quickly did not believe he was in the right place at the right time. He began to scream and holler. What have you gotten me into? He said he was going to count. He lied to us. He believed. But he lost his faith. That's this wavering. You say, well, well, I believe today. And then tomorrow your faith begins to waver. And you believe the next day. But then your faith begins to waver. The Scripture says you're like a sea driven with the wind and tossed. 
last year. Last year. The year before that, we went to Panama City. Some of our family went to Panama City. And you could walk out. You could walk out. Just, I mean, just a far distance. And the water just be like chest high. They'll tell you, you can walk out there and you can get neck high. That was as far as I was willing to go. Because the water got dark after that. and I don't know what was in there. Well, we went back last year, just my family. And they had dredged it. And so, in my mind, I could go out as far as I did the last time. But I got halfway to that point, and I was already to my neck. I said, this ain't the will of God for this fat boy. So I got out there to where I could just kind of jump, and I could swim. But I don't want to swim in the ocean, okay? I, I, that's another tale for another time. 7.24 p.m. Thank you for the reminder, somebody. Appreciate that. That's sneaky. I don't know who did it, but that's sneaky. I got out there and the waves were up here. I could see the bottom. And those waves would come in. You know how it is. Those waves would come in. You try to jump over. But I had no footing. Couldn't. Couldn't jump. So I'd, I'd go back in toward the land a little bit to where I could jump. You know what it'd do? Those waves, depending on which direction they were coming, they would take me with them in that direction, coming in or going out. And if our faith wavers, our belief in God, let me take it one step further. If our belief in God and His work in us wavers, that doesn't make us any less of a Christian. Okay? Because we do doubt. We do have struggles sometimes with faith. But he says that you will be easily tossed to and fro. If you've ever doubted, honey, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, you go to bed, you're scared to death. Then you wake up the next morning and you think, you know, I got this settled. I'm, I'm good. And then at lunch, you're eating a salad or something or another, and all of a sudden you're like shaking, can't even eat because you're scared to death. Your faith is being tossed to and fro. Oh, but can I tell you this tonight? Christ died one time on the cross. And all it takes is one time calling on Him. And He's promised that He would save you. We read it just the other day. See, uh, Seek ye the Lord while He may be found. Call ye upon Him while He is near. I want you to know we read, we, we preached over at the, the, uh, the nursing home how that God's hand is not too short and His ear is not too heavy. How that He can't reach us, that He can't hear us. I'm glad that He died one time for all humanity. And if you'll seek Him... Oh, goodness gracious, you'll find Him. Because I guarantee you, you won't seek Him unless He's already started seeking you. <laughs> when you start walk, when you start seeking Him, and He's seeking you, y'all going to meet right in the middle. And you'll find the love of your life. And He's never going to let go. He'll never let go. He'll ne- I'm going to say it one more time. He'll never let go. Faith. Belief. I told you I'd refer back to the those categorizations. Faith falls into that inward aspect according to that categories. Those categories. Faith falls into that inward or that 
that uh, selfward aspect of the fruit of the Spirit. And, and again, I, I have to disagree with this, and I know these men are smart, and I'm not trying to down them. I just, in my heart, I can't get on board with that. But I believe that at the very least, if we had those three categories, faith would be Godward. And so that messes it all up. You've got three you got two, and then you got one that's going back to Godward, and then you got two more that's going. Listen. I believe that it is God that puts the faith in us that we need to believe in Him. Belief in God, belief on God, belief through God, belief that even the worst of men can be saved, belief that God chose you to be one of His children. Over in Second Peter chapter number 3, the Lord is not slack concerning His promises, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us. Not we. <laughs> not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. You look over in Romans chapter number 5, verse number 6. In the verse number 6, it says, Christ died for the ungodly. As Brother David mentioned in Sunday school the last little while, maybe leading singing uh, over in Romans 5, 8. But God commendeth His love toward us, and not while we were yet still sinners, Christ died for us. We look at that belief on God that He chose us as children in John chapter number 1, verse number 12. He had just told us, He just told us, He just told us that His own people received Him not. But in verse number 12, He says, to any that believe, and I'm paraphrasing, to any that believe, He gave them power to become the sons of God. Romans 8, 15 talks about that spirit of adoption. Let me read it real quick. Y'all ain't got nowhere else to go than right here. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. Somebody needs to preach about that again. You see, I can't do it. You see, when you were lost, you were bound by fear. You were destitute for hell, or destined to hell. You were destitute by fear. He said, you've not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Galatians chapter number 4, verse number 9. We were very, very close to it over there. Or verse number 5, I believe. It says, To redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. Ephesians chapter number 1, verse number 5. He says, uh, Having predestinated... I, oh, don't want to scare you all now. Having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to Himself according to the good pleasure of His will. While it is true tonight that being faithful is important, and while it is true that faithfulness is a result of faith, I believe our Scripture, our fruit of the Spirit, is a belief in God, by God, on God. I'll add another one. In God. You can't believe on God 
Abraham believed God. And it was counted unto him for righteousness. How did he do that? It was faith. How did he have faith in somebody that he had never met? I believe God gave it to him. Tonight, we are given the fruit of the Spirit. It's been instilled. It's been instilled in us, this fruit of the Spirit. And as such, it is then manifested in us. This fruit of the Spirit, Brother Jody, it is manifested in us. People ask me all the time, I, I, I've become cynical in my, in my, I say later years, and I know some of y'all are going to snarl at that. But as I've gotten older, I've become cynical. I, I've become to the point where I, I kind of just squint at people. Can I trust them? Can I not? Can I trust them? But up until probably the last several years, before I came here, just let y'all know. I was always very trusting, and still am, still very, very trusting. Very naively even. But I can forgive somebody where other people can't. The reason being, Brother Kurt, is because even though it's probably against nature and it may be, it may be wrong to trust everybody, there's something in me that wants to believe that, that somebody can be trusted. So Jody, you and I have talked about a certain gentleman, um, that he's, he's kind of stiffed some people in town before. And I could, I could meet him one day and I, and I could shake his hand and say, Oh, you're the guy that stiffed half the people in town. Or I can meet him with a smile on my face, the love of God in my heart, and the faith that is manifested in me by the Holy Ghost and trust. Knowing, full well, knowing that he's hurt somebody else. And he might possibly hurt me. But the faith that's manifested in us as believers still trusts. Now you say, well, I'm a businessman. I can't do that. You, you may be right. I've never owned a business, so I don't know. Spiritually speaking, though, I believe I can tell you with authority tonight that as we have faith in God, God gives us faith that's manifested outwardly to others, to one another, to our family, to our friends, to people that we don't know. We have faith. If you get into plane tonight, you can sit there and you can worry. Or you can have faith that that man in the cockpit has went through the training. He's logged many, many hours. And you'll arrive safely. You can look at that window and you can see that that wing flopping up and down. That is unnerving. Or you can have faith that this machine has been flying for years and it will take you to your destination. You get in your car today. You put that key in there and you turn the ignition and you have faith that that thing's going to start. Let's stand